Hello, and welcome to Gilead. I'm Rebecca Anderson, one of the pastors, and I'm so glad you found us. This spring, our theme is Info Dump, stories of what we can't stop talking about, and or shouldn't. For some of us, neurodivergent and otherwise, info dumping on a special interest is a love language. For some of us, info dumping is part of our call to say what needs saying again and again as loudly as we can. And obviously, for some of us, it's both. On May 7th, we had a guest preacher who has been bringing a good word all around Chicago for years. Jamie Frazier is pastor of Lighthouse, a predominantly black LGBTQ affirming church that welcomes all people, and the executive director of Lighthouse Foundation, a black, queer-led, multiracial social justice organization that advances justice for black, queer people across Chicagoland through empowerment, education, and entertainment. And Gilead, thanks be to God, is a founding member congregation. If you're listening in the first half of 2023, save the date for Lighthouse's big annual fundraiser, midday July 8th. You can volunteer or just attend. There'll be music from the incredible Voices of Light, generous hospitality, and storytelling coached by yours truly. As you'll hear in the sermon, sometimes the work of anti-racism requires that you attend brunch. Don't believe me? Here's Jamie. It is a blessing to be back at home among friends. It's great to see you, Gilead. Would you join me for a moment of prayer? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this space. Continue to move, continue to touch, continue to heal, continue to transform. We believe that you have a clear word for us in increasingly uncertain times a word of liberation, a word of wholeness, a word of wellness, and a word of transformation. So lower this preacher now into the utter depths of your righteousness, that I might emerge with a prophetic word that challenges each of us to live into and live out our God-assigned destiny. I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus as others pray according to different belief systems and structures. Let everybody say amen. Do you know what it's like to be in a cave? Do you know what it's like to be in a space that is dark, that is dank, that is desolate? Do you know what it's like to be in a space where you thought people would come to your aid because you always came to theirs and you have been left standing alone? It it might look like depression, it might look like anxiety, it might look like addiction, it might look like trauma, but do you know what it is to be in a space where it seems like only death can survive? It is this reality of living in a dark space that I want to preach to you about this afternoon. I want to talk to you about how black queer people like Lazarus have for too long been in caves, dealing with challenges around food equity, dealing with challenges around police brutality, dealing with challenges like health care that is not culturally competent dealing with higher rates of HIV infection, dealing with higher rates of suicidal ideation. All of these realities push our community to a place where we feel like we are in a cave. Oh, but we are people of resurrection. We understand that caves do not have the final say. 
And so that is highlighted for us in our text today. We meet a man named Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. When we approach them in our text, for four days, Lazarus has basically laid in the tomb. And when Jesus finally rolls up on the scene, you hear Mary and Martha saying, it is beyond the place and point of hope. The situation literally stinks. But Jesus steps in and says, the cave does not have the final word. And one of the things I want us to reflect on as it relates to the story of Lazarus is that Lazarus, after he died, was bound. His hands were bound. His feet were bound, as was custom as a sign of the garb of the day that you would bury folks in. And one of the things that I want you to think about is that Lazarus didn't tie himself up. So when Jesus rolls on the scene to awaken Lazarus from death, he is not charged with the responsibility of untying himself. If we did not tie ourselves up, then we cannot be charged with all of the untying. Jesus rolls on the scene, calls Lazarus forth, and then instructs those who are assembled, those faithful accomplices, to untie him and let him go. I am grateful for Gilead being in relationship with Lighthouse Foundation. This partnership is a way that you participate in the untying of the oppressive structures and forces which seek to stymie and snuff out black queer flourishing. By being a member of CARE, you make three powerful commitments. To appoint a liaison to interface between your organization and ours. Shout out to Jennifer, who was at our monthly CARE meetings representing this organization well. Secondly, you make an annual financial membership commitment. And thirdly, you commit to amplifying our work on social media. And you have done that brilliantly and beautifully with the upcoming BQEI Soul Food Brunch. In terms of what it looks like for you to participate in the work of untying, it looks like participating in care. It looks like rolling up to the soul food brunch that is happening on May the 13th. Why? Because there will be funders there. There will be nonprofit leaders there. And it matters when they survey the room and they see white folks present. It matters because what it shows them is that the entire community, even those with a position of power or privilege, are concerned about our plight and are in our fight. And I've heard from you know, some of the care churches, well, we like to protest. You know, why do we want to come to a brunch? Well, here's my thing. If you truly are invested in the marginalized, then you show up in the ways that we ask you to show up. Because if you're preoccupied with the public protest, then is that truly about our liberation or is that about your own self-aggrandizement? So if we need you to brunch, come on and brunch with us. This is what it means to participate in our untying, participating in one of our four program areas, which is racial justice organizing. So I wanted to focus on the untying that the accomplices do first, and then secondly, I want to focus on how the oppressed get free. 
Lighthouse Foundation recognizes the plight of black queer people across Chicagoland. And so our four program areas are racial justice organizing, which I just mentioned, but also the arts, because we recognize that the arts become a way of rebuking the tide of Trumpism. It becomes a way that we are reminded that we are beautiful, that we are holy. It is a way that we are able to address the rise of Christian nationalism through songs, through storytelling, through the making of music. Our third program area is spirituality. And we mean this in a very broad sense. So Reiki and yoga and mindfulness exercises. For some people, church is important, and Lighthouse Church UCC is there, as are our care churches. And for others, they want a different kind of community. And so Lighthouse Foundation Spirituality offers that. And our fourth and final work area is workforce development. So for us, Lazarus, or black queer people coming out, looks like the arts, it looks like spirituality, it looks like workforce development, us using our tools and our imagination to participate in our own liberation. And let me lift up this final piece about Lazarus. One of the things that I'm struck by whenever I read the story is that the text informs us his hands were bound and his feet were bound. And what I've always sat with is, well, how did he come out? He, he, he couldn't walk out. There, there was no rope or, or nothing that he could pull onto because his hands were bound. In order for Lazarus to get out, he did what black queer people have been doing since the beginning of time. He hopped. And so I want to leave you with this. There is a, such a thing as holy hopping. There is a way that through building community and through God's love, we are able to literally find our way out of depression and we will hop if we have to. We will hop out of poverty. We will hop out of mental distress. We will hop out of police brutality. Necessity is the mother of invention. But here's the thing, beloved. I'll hop if I have to, but I'll run if I can. If we together can participate in the liberation of black queer bodies and lives, stories, and economies, then black queer people can run. And when we run, everyone benefits. Because when those who experience compounded marginality are centered, and we know this from the intellectual labor of black women, like Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw and Bell Hooks. When the most marginalized are centered, solutions and policies and practices are created that benefit all of God's children. So my question to you this afternoon is, how are you participating in the process of untying? Where and how do you need to see some freedom in your life? Jesus is in the room, calling you forth from whatever tomb or cave in which you find yourself. Because you have a right to be free. You have a right to experience joy. You have a right to experience wholeness. The cave is too limiting. It's too dark there. Nothing can really grow there. It stinks there. But through our collective work, we can emerge into the sunshine. And my commitment going forward 
in the words of Diana Ross, is this, I'm coming out. <laughs>